0: You are Locked On Orioles, your daily Baltimore Orioles podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey there, Orioles fans. Welcome back in to the Locked On Orioles podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. As always, I'm your host, Connor Newcomb. We hope uh, you're listening to this here on Friday and uh, maybe you are getting ready for some March Madness, maybe you're enjoying some March Madness right now, or maybe you're winding down after days one and two of the big dance. Uh, Really two of the best days in all of sports. Uh, One day that does kind of rival it, of course, is MLB opening day, which we are now less than two weeks away from, 13 days from opening day on April 1st can't believe it but got a packed show today no guest on the show for this one but uh there's really a lot of Orioles news that has gone on over the past week Uh, we've touched on it from time to time we've had other major topics on the pod throughout the week so wanted to kind of do a recap of the Orioles news of the week here on a Friday pod before we get you into the weekend and so on this episode of the Locked On Orioles podcast we are going to take a look at what the Felix Hernandez potential injury move and news could mean for the Orioles as he left Tuesday start after one inning with elbow soreness. Uh, he is still being evaluated. We do not have any further information, but in absence from him, what could that mean for the Oriole roster? The Orioles also made their corresponding move after adding Michael Franco to the 40-man roster. They did not take anyone off initially, but they put Hunter Harvey on the 60-day injured list after he was hurt last weekend with an oblique injury after throwing just a couple of pitches out of the bullpen. We talk about another injury for Harvey, what this means for him this season for the Orioles' bullpen, but also for Harvey's future in Baltimore. And then we talk about the move that the Orioles made late Thursday night. Not really a shocker, but kind of tried to, you know, throw it you Know under the radar a little bit as they ended up DFAing and waving the right hander Ashton Goudaud, guy who they brought in off of waivers from the Rockies earlier this offseason. He is gone off the 40 man roster. He was claimed on waivers by the Giants, meaning he is gone. The Orioles were trying to sneak him through waivers uh, to clear up a 40 man spot, but to keep him in the organization. Instead, he catches on with San Francisco. So he comes and goes without ever throwing a pitch for the Orioles. So we'll talk about all that. Also a little bit about Masson officially announcing they will broadcast two Orioles spring training games. Those will both come next week. As well, So that's all coming up on this episode of the Locked on Orioles podcast, which is brought to you by Locker Room. This episode brought to you by Locker Room. Download the app and join me next week, next Thursday, when the Orioles are on Masson for the second time of two times in spring training. To get in on the action, you can chat live with me on the Locker Room app as we'll do a little watch party of next Thursday's Orioles spring training game, which will be televised on Masson against the Pirates. So that's at Locker Room. Changing the way. We talk sports. So we will start today with the most breaking news from the Orioles from Thursday night, which was that uh, they have lost right-handed pitcher Ashton Goudot to the San Francisco Giants. Now, we were not aware that they had waived Goudot and DFA'd him off the 40-man roster, but he was on the 40-man, and it was a full 40-man roster. Franco had been added. Harvey had been taken off because when you go on that 60-day injured list, uh, you do not count towards the 40-man roster. But they still made a move for Godot, which is always good because, you know, you want to maximize your 40-man. But it is always nice to have at least one open spot on the 40-man roster. And that is what the Orioles have now. Their 40-man roster sits at 39 players at the moment. If you remember Godot, we did an episode about him back in the fall He is, just to recap, a 28-year-old right-handed pitcher, 6'6", 220, was a 27th-round pick of the Royals back in the 2012 draft. It really took him a while, kind of bouncing through a couple of systems, ended up with the Mariners, and then with the Rockies. And the Rockies is where he finally got to the big leagues. Made his major league debut at age 28 last year and ended up pitching sparingly just four games out of the Rockies' bullpen. He threw eight and a third innings in mop-up duty. It did not go very well. Eight and a third innings, 15 hits, seven earned runs, two Ks, two walks, a hit batter, and three home runs allowed in his short stint before he went back down to the Rockies' alternate site. They saw what they needed to see. They waved him in the offseason, and the Orioles claimed him because they had open spots on the 40-man roster. Now, he was previously... A top thirty prospect in the Rockies system. Uh, once he came over, now Colorado has one of the weaker systems in baseball. But he was considered a potential, potential solid big league pitcher. He's got a good big overhead curveball that the Orioles were impressed with. Uh, but you know we haven't seen too too much of him so far in spring training. He pitched, in fact, in just two spring training games out of the bullpen, uh, threw four innings and uh, did have five strikeouts. Um, and he gave up two runs on one hit and a home run two walks as well did pick up a save but just not uh, as impressive as the Orioles wanted and and obviously you know there could be a move coming because you know you don't usually see a team just free up a spot on the 40-man roster without making a corresponding move in the next couple of days so we will keep our eye on that but Goudot claimed by the San Francisco Giants he will try and uh Latch on with that bullpen. And speaking of San Francisco, uh, it does look like Kevin Gausman is the front runner for the Giants opening day starter spot. You add that to Dylan Bundy being named the Angels opening day starter and Eduardo Rodriguez being named the Red Sox opening day starter against the Orioles. You've got three former Orioles making opening day starts for other teams. It does hurt a little bit, but uh, that is the world that we live in as Orioles fans. At the moment. But Ashton Goudaud is gone. When we come back, we will focus on the pitchers who are still with the Orioles, but a couple of guys who are injured. And we start next up with Hunter Harvey and his oblique injury, what it means for him, the bullpen, and for the team moving forward here in 2021. That comes up after the break. So we will get back to that Orioles talk in just a second. But first, got to tell you about Bet online the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sports action. Now, it's March Madness time. The game's really starting today in the first round. We know that means a lot of you interested in placing some wagers as well. And at BetOnline.ag, you can place those college basketball wagers and a little bit on the NBA, the NHL, even award shows, TV shows, and reality TV as well. They have real-time updated odds and props on almost anything you can imagine. And BetOnline has you covered for all the news, scores, and odds. It's the best way to place your bets. Best of all, it's free to sign up. So head over to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today, and you can receive a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit when you use the promo code On. Again, that's promo code LOCKEDON to receive a 50% welcome bonus at your first deposit over at BetOnline.ag. BetOnline, your online sportsbook experts. And today's episode of the Locked On Orioles podcast is also brought to you by Locker Room. It is a live, audio-only sports talk platform. The app is free to download and to use. You can talk to me, you can talk to other fans, athletes, and insiders in real time. Locker Room is free, audio-only social media platform for sports fans. And I'll be hosting rooms every week We'll really mostly do them on Thursdays, and we'll try to do them during games as you can come through and talk with me live about the Orioles game in a little bit of a watch party-like environment. And all you need to do is download the Locker Room app free in the iOS App Store. You can create a profile, link your Twitter, and join the MLB group. And then you can follow me at Connor Newcomb to be notified when my room goes live. We'll be going live on Locker Room again next Thursday as we will be live during the second Orioles spring training game that will be televised on Mashon. So make sure to come through with your spiciest takes at Locker Room. So we go from the Orioles losing a pitcher through waivers in Ashton Godot to the Orioles losing a pitcher to injury once again. And this time it is a familiar face on the injured list in the right-hander Hunter Harvey. And we know about all the injury issues he has had since the Orioles took him in the first round, took him 22nd overall from Bandy's High School in Catawba, North Carolina, all the way back in that 2013 draft. Pretty crazy to, to think back to that. Hunter Harvey was the first first round pick that was taken really after the winning era Had started. The Orioles picked 22nd in that draft because they had had such a successful 2012 season. Of course, the first winning season since 1997. So he was really the first first rounder the Orioles had taken, you know, below about 12th, you know, in the draft. Really below the top 10 in a long time. And uh, so, you know, there was a lot of of hype around him. He was throwing in in the 90s, uh, mid-90s as a high schooler. And, you know, was thought of as a starting pitcher. And he went through the Orioles minor league system and, you know, obviously had his injuries and and had the the Tommy John missed all of 2015, you know, just at age 20, but came back and, you know, worked his way back. And then 2019 the Orioles just kind of officially decided, you know what, we're going to put you in the bullpen. And uh, after starting a bit, in Bowie in 2019, he did go into that Bay Sox bullpen for that fantastic 2019 Bay Sox team. Uh, then he did get a little bit of a taste of Triple A Norfolk. Uh, continued to have success out of the pen, and the Orioles called him up, and it looked great. He made seven appearances at the end of the 2019 season, just one run, 11 Ks, four walks, three hits over six and a third innings. Uh, but he was shut down, just you know, precautionary. But you know, he came back in 2020. He started the year on the injured list, and we didn't see him too much. And by the end of 2020, he'd only pitched in 10 games last year, eight and two-thirds innings, four earned runs on eight hits, six Ks and two walks, and did did give up a a couple of homers as well. You know, the velocity was still there, but the location on his fastball just didn't look as good in 2020. And and now we get to 2021, and uh, he is now 26 years old, turned 26 back in December, uh, and – not that time is running out, because again, Hunter Harvey is still 26, but he's on the injured list once again. Left the game last weekend, uh, last Friday, after uh, you know feeling something, after throwing just a couple of pitches in a spring training game. Turns out to be an oblique injury, and uh, the Orioles placed him on Tuesday on the 60-day injured list. Uh, it was actually a move that made room for Michael Franco on the 40-man roster. Of course, if you go on the 60-day injured list, uh, you do not count towards the 40-man roster, so... It was kind of worse than than we had thought. So, you know, this was uh, tweeted out, I I believe, by Joe Trezza this week, that if Hunter Harvey plays out the the full amount of time on that 60-day injured list uh, and then returns, you know, right when he would be ready to return off the injured list to the field, he would have spent more time on the major league injured list than he has spent on the major league active roster so far in his career since coming up at the end of the 2019 season and that says a lot for a guy who already had injury issues throughout the minors before he even got to the majors and now here we are again with hunter harvey and it becomes such an interesting conversation now because two years ago when when harvey came up and he had been moved to a bullpen role you know people started to talk that you know okay it's not going to work out as a starter for him but he might have that future closer stuff for the Orioles and that's what he showed in that 2019 season. Again, it was, you know, less than 7 innings over 7 relief appearances, but he gave up one run and he struck out 11. He looked really good. He was throwing in the upper 90s. That changeup was looking good. He had a, you know, breaking ball that, you know, was sufficient for the major league level. And you know, the stuff it did look a little worse last year, but it wasn't, you know, substantially worse, but he still did get injured and had arm fatigue and and wasn't ready for a while in that shortened 2020 season and, and here we are and again it's it's good that it's not an arm injury obviously you know with Hunter Harvey and his track record of arm injuries it's a good thing that it's not an arm it is instead an oblique injury that he's dealing with which can be tough to recover from you know even though it's it's not the arm that midsection that core you know you're doing everything with that and it's one of those injuries where you know after a while you feel like you're healed until you really start to ramp up baseball activities and use that core so much and you realize you are not fully healed yet it it can be a a very nagging and, and annoying injury right at the end of of your rehab to try and fully get back onto the field and of course the oblique is what kept out Anthony Santander for the you know last 20 plus games of the 2020 season but so we will see you know how long it takes Harvey to get back but we are at the point where, you know, it basically felt like we didn't have much of Hunter Harvey in 2020. And when we did have him on the field, he he wasn't amazing when, you know, was never really considered the closer last year. And so we've gotten to the point where I think we can all say that we're past the point of Hunter Harvey being the current or future closer of this Orioles team. And, you know, I kind of have some Hunter Harvey fatigue. I mean, I, I went on the BSL on the Verge podcast a couple of weeks ago. They do a great job over there covering the Orioles minor leagues, and you know we we talked about Hunter Harvey a little bit even before the injury, even before this injury. And I just said, you know, this is a little bit of a hot take and it's a little bit of a stretch because there are clear differences. But I I said, you know, what really separates Hunter Harvey from Cody Sedlock right now in the Orioles system? Of course, Sedlock the. Former first-round pick in 2015 by the Orioles, who has been injured multiple times, and you know should be a, a reliever in Triple A Norfolk this year, but still has yet to get to the big leagues. The only big difference between them is that Harvey has gotten his cup of coffee in the big so far, and just because he you know was drafted a couple years before Sedlock, and that's really about it. And so you know they're around the same age, they've had the same kind of injuries, and they've moved from starter to reliever. So you know we all think of Sedlock as this huge bust, but starting to feel like you know there's not much difference between him and hunter harvey so to finish up on harvey i'm at the point where you know i am not expecting him or putting him into Orioles future bullpen plans definitely not putting him in his closer and honestly not even you know in my head when i go through these relievers who are on the team now the guys who are on the 40 man the guys who are in the system uh you know, when I go through all those guys and try to put together what a bullpen looks like in, you know, maybe 2023 when, you know, we hope the Orioles start to really win some baseball games again, I don't put Hunter Harvey into that list, despite the fact that he will still, you know, be an Oriole. He'll be arbitration eligible that by then, but he's not due to be a free agent till 2026. So, you know, you would think he'd, he'd still be an Oriole in 2023. And so at that point, you know, I just kind of take him out of that equation and I've put it in my head now that, if he does come back, if he stays healthy and becomes a solid reliever for this Orioles team, that's just a plus. He's no longer an expected part of the bullpen to me. He's just a happy addition if he does figure it out, is able to stay healthy, and is able to get some outs, maybe not as a closer, but you know, some sort of middle relief setup man down the road. So, you know, he's kind of come out of that conversation for me and all this time he's been hurt, he's being passed by guys. You know, we saw so many guys have great years out of the bullpen last year. I say it all the time. It was the most pleasantly surprising part of the 2020 Orioles team was that bullpen and you saw these guys like Tanner Scott start to figure it out you know these guys like Paul Fry you know have good seasons and, and a guy like Sean Armstrong and you know we saw some younger guys come up and you know like Dylan Tate and, and pitch pretty well and now you've got these guys added to the 40 man and you know a guy like Isaac Matson who is going to get his shot to potentially pass Harvey here in 2021 and, you know there's more guys on the way And uh, it's just a a tough situation for Harvey to be in. And you got to feel for him with all the injuries he's gone through. But I think I'm at the point where it's just going to be a pleasant surprise if he comes back and is healthy at some point and contributes to this team down the road when they're winning. But I'm no longer at the point where I'm kind of expecting him to be a part of that next Oriole winning team. And it sucks because he was a first-round pick in 13. He's been in this organization forever. He's been hyped up forever. But it's just, you know, it's, it's a lot of injuries to try and overcome. But speaking of pitching injuries, we've got one more to talk about in our final segment coming up after the break. King Felix leaving the game on Tuesday with some elbow soreness. We'll talk about what it could mean for the Orioles if he potentially has to miss an extended amount of time. That comes up after the break. So we will talk about King Felix in just a second. But first, got to tell you about Built Bar. We've been telling you about Built Bar, the best tasting protein bar on the market for a while now. Built Bar is the amazing low-calorie, low-sugar, high-protein, high-fiber, amazing-tasting protein protein bar with 100% chocolate on all bars. And now is the time to find out which Built Bar is the best. It is Built Bar Madness. Today's matchup is in the sweetest 16 with a place in the enticing 8 on the line. Caramel brownie versus double chocolate. And for me, this might be the toughest matchup to vote on. But after some careful consideration, I'm going to have to lean to caramel brownie on this one and if you want to vote on the matchups you can go to builtbar.com or at bar underscore built on twitter to cast your vote and remember to use the promo code locked 15 to get 15 percent off your next order that's locked 15 to get 15 percent off your next order at builtbar.com and check back to see who won today's matchup and who will become the best tasting protein bar So we finish up today with a look at the Felix Hernandez injury. And we're going to get to that in just one second. But first, got to tell you about another new podcast here on the Locked On Podcast Network. You can get all the sports news you need in under 20 minutes with the Locked On Today podcast. Host Peter Bukowski updates you on the latest news in every major sport with the help of our local experts. Follow the Locked On Today podcast wherever you get your podcasts. So Felix Hernandez, another potential injury on this Orioles pitching staff, he leaves the game against the Tampa Bay Rays on Tuesday with some elbow soreness, which was reported after the game. Now during the game, he was looking good and looking like he was putting together his best start of the spring so far. He set down the Rays one, two, three in the top, or excuse me, in the bottom of the first inning in that one, including. A strikeout of Yoshi Sutsugu and of everyone's favorite postseason player from last year, Randy Arozarena. got Sutsugu with a good changeup, and Arozarena with a really good-looking breaking ball. And, you know, the spring stats didn't end up great. He ended up making three starts so far. He's gone five and two-thirds innings. He has a 7.94 ERA, five earned runs on six hits in those five and two-thirds. Five strikeouts, but, you know, just just two walks in those innings as well, which is definitely a good sign for Felix that he was, you know, despite the high ERA, throwing a lot of strikes in spring. But, you know, the, the feed kind of cut out. It was on the uh, Rays broadcast. They did have a broadcast Tuesday. But the feed cut out after that Felix 1-2-3 first inning. So we didn't really see a whole lot of what was happening. We kind of missed the next uh, two innings, basically, of the game before the feed came back. And we basically learned that, that someone at the field, uh, had seen him leaving with an athletic trainer, and that's why he didn't pitch the second inning. Eric Hanhold uh, came out there in the second and got lit up for seven runs in that second inning after Felix left. And then after the game, learned from Brandon High that he left with some right elbow soreness. So we haven't gotten you know, a next update, whether he's gotten an MRI, whether they know anything further. And that was you know, Tuesday at this point, but you know we are still hopeful that you know Felix is okay. It's just something minor. He, he shuts it down for a couple of weeks and then comes back. But you know, with elbow soreness and you know trying to keep him healthy and him being older now, uh, you know, it, it's definitely a possibility that at the very least he is not ready to go by the time his first start would come around uh, when the regular season starts. And and you know I know he had struggled, but we were pretty much assuming. And I think most people had agreed that he was going to be in the starting rotation for the Orioles in some capacity to start this season. So now the question is, you know, we hope he's not out for an extended time. Hope it's just a short amount of time. But if he misses, you know, at least one start, what would the Orioles do in this rotation? So you look at what they're doing, and obviously John Means at one, and, and I think Dean Kramer at number two is, is pretty locked up right now. And then there's some interesting questions behind that in the rotation. Now, I don't know if he'll be number three, but what Bruce Zimmerman has done with his 10 scoreless innings and the one hit allowed is plenty for him to be in, not just on the team, but in the starting rotation, I think, to start the season. So you put him in there. I know Keegan Aiken has had his issues, but I think the Orioles will start with him in the rotation as well. So there's four guys right there. And then Jorge Lopez has been phenomenal. and He's, I think, won a rotation spot. So there's five. Now, I do think the Orioles are going to start the year with a six-man rotation just to keep guys healthy and maybe carry an extra pitcher. So that sixth guy you know, would have been Felix probably at this point. But with him out, I really think this does open up a door for Matt Harvey. Now, we have not yet seen Harvey in a broadcasted game. You know, some of the writers have seen him. John Mioli saw him pitch when he was down there in Sarasota and joined us last week to talk about it. But, uh, you know, we really haven't seen Harvey. Now, on the Locked On Orioles Twitter account, we did tweet out some video uh, that the Baseball Performance Center posted uh, from Harvey's start on Wednesday, which was not televised. He was touching 96 a couple of times with his fastball and was sitting 93 to 95 with that pitch. And they posted a two-seam fastball that just bared down and in on a righty, got a swing and miss at 96, and then a really good breaking ball away from a righty that he got a swing and miss on as well. So. We've even seen too much from Harvey. We don't really know. Hopefully, you know, with the two Masson televised games and, and a few more games being televised by other networks over the past or over the next, you know, week and a half, the, the final 11 games of spring training, uh, we are hoping that we get to see at least one Matt Harvey start. So, you know, I and, and you guys can kind of figure out where he stands. But if the Felix injury does keep him out for at least a little bit amount of time here, I do think this really opens the door for specifically Matt Harvey, I mean, you know, could open it for uh, another guy. You know, maybe it does. It's not as open yet for Bruce Zimmerman, but this opens it for him, or maybe it opens it for a Wade LeBlanc. But I think specifically this opens that door for Matt Harvey to be on this opening day roster. Uh, it's going to be a, a really interesting scenario to see where he would fit. But if he's got that stuff, he's a veteran guy. He's had a lot of success. Same reason with Felix. Almost doesn't really matter you know, how he looks in spring training. As long as he can be a veteran, eat some innings before these younger pitchers are really ready to go and really ready to ramp it up here in 2021. But you know, I do think this could, could open it up a little bit more for Matt Harvey. But obviously, we'll get you updated on the, the latest on Felix Hernandez when we hear about it. Here on the pod, uh, we will be back on Monday with a Mailbag Monday episode here on the podcast. Uh, get your questions in. You can email us at LockedOnOrioles at gmail.com. Or you can tweet me at Connor Newcomb underscore. Or you can tweet the podcast account at LockedOnOrioles. Or you can DM either of those Twitter accounts as well. The DMs are open to get in your mailbag questions for getting a Mailbag Monday episode when we return next week. Now, before we go here on this episode, got to tell you about one more new podcast here on the Locked On Podcast Network. If you're the type of baseball fan that can't help but get giddy over prospects, we have the podcast for you. Locked On MLB Prospects, hosted by minor league play-by-play voice Aram Layton, is the only daily podcast devoted entirely to the stars of tomorrow. With team-focused farm system breakdowns, prospect rankings, and interviews with some of the brightest up-and-comers in the game, Locked On MLB Prospects is the best way to stay plugged in on the future of your favorite team. Subscribe today wherever you get your podcasts. And of course, that is uh, timely because the Orioles on Thursday by MLB.com were named the number five ranked farm system in in all of baseball. Their highest ranking ever on MLB Pipeline. Frankly, their highest ranking ever by any of the ranking systems across baseball that rank the team farm systems. And what a place to be in. You know, obviously six or seven years ago, you never could have seen this. But even three years ago, before Michael and crew came in, even when Michael and crew came in in 2019, it was hard to see a spot where the Orioles made it all the way up to number five in all of baseball. And I know, you know, the Padres for example, made a lot of trades this off season, traded some good prospects to help their major league team, but they still have an incredible farm system. The Padres were ranked sixth. You think about how good that system has been and is right now in San Diego. The Orioles were ranked ahead of them by the MLB.com pipeline farm system rankings. An exciting time to be an Orioles fan as uh, the young depth continues to come into the minor league system. And it was just very, very exciting to see that ranking on Thursday. But again, we will be back on Monday with another Mailbag Monday episode of the podcast. It'll be the last full week of pods before opening day next Thursday. It's getting closer and closer. But we're back Monday, Mailbag Monday. Until then, this has been the Locked On Orioles podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.